You're listening to the 90-10 rule. 90% business. 10% music. Today on the 90-10 rule, we're joined by Nashville-born Six Sense. He's produced for Drake, Meek Mill, Tanache, Bryson Tiller, just to name a few. We're going to discuss getting placements on a platinum-selling project and the process of getting paid from that record. We're also going to discuss getting your open records sent to artists that need them. But first, this. This is... Allowance and I save it like the bell. I can't take no more L's. The day I sell my soul, that's the day I go to hell. Been putting on a show, just like Dave on Chappelle. They ain't make it in the credits, I'ma tell them, oh well. Tell Steve, don't let no more bitches in the hotel. Niggas gotta get to work, girl, unless you gon' twerk some. While I lay this verse on them. Damn, this lifestyle got a lot of perks on it. I'm just saying, nigga. Young Tiller, yeah. Rambo. They back in for mercy like the Lambo. No, they told me kill them all, goddamn. I've been working hard, I've been doing better, you know Peep the freeloaders, we won't be breaking bread with them, no She chose me over him cause he was so regular Oh, he was so regular I'm like a butler getting his dough I'm like a monster or a motherfucking predator Oh, nah, nah, nah Soldier like Contra I don't fuck with daddies I pass it on my partner All gold, everything Bitch, I'm Fort Knoxon New sports car, man I'm new Porsche copping Two-door hopping Girl, you know how I spend And I've been trying to budge in my checks And the rest of my money, money Rubber bands getting stretched with the hundreds, hundreds MVP up a day with the money, money Don't I make the haters upset with the money, bitch, I'm coming Cause this is not, this is not, this is not a mother, motherfucking game This, this is not, this is not, this is, this is not A motherfucking game, why you playing, boy? I'm just saying, boy That's up That was Rambo by Bryson Tiller, produced by our guest today, Six Cents, here on the 910 Rule. If you want your music featured on the 9010 rule, email us your songs and notice of approval to play my shit at the 9010rule.com. All submissions without written consent will not be considered. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the 9010 rule. As always, I am Kevin Davis and next to me I got Brian Jennings, man. What up, B? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, listeners? What's happening? So check. Today in the studio, I am uh, I, I got I got a guy I'm real proud of, man. I've been able to see him come a long way, ladies and gentlemen. Six Sense. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome What's to the there? studio, my friend. Thank you, bro. Honored to be here. Indeed, man. So check just for for those that for those that aren't familiar with your work as a producer. Um, I don't know. Let's well, I guess before we get to naming names and stuff, man. Let's talk about. How you how you started out, man, as a producer getting in the game? Um, I started out just uh, entering into beat battles around the city, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, I basically just built my network um, like that. You know, uh, met Ducko. I actually met him before the battles, but you know, we just kind of built our relationship from there. Um, 
met you through Ducko, of course, and then you know you know how it is from there, man. You was my first manager, man. That's that's something that people don't know. Mm. You were the first person that I was like, yo, manage me as a producer. That's kind of when I figured out like this is what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted this is what I wanted to be. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know, man. I'm just uh, I'm just here working, man. That's it. <laughs> you're so modest man you're so sure. modest alright so um, you said just going around the different beat battles and, and yeah. things like that what about equipment wise what were, oh. what were you using then I started off on a uh, actually my very first doll or, or whatever you would call it was MTV Music Generator that was on a like, Playstation or something it was but uh, I had it on computer okay and uh, for a while, like, I was just, I was making beats, and, you know, my mom and stuff with him. She's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I kept going. Um, um, and, like, I was, the way I would export my beats, I would, like, I had, like, a speaker, a computer speaker, and I would record, I would play the beat and record it back into the computer and burn that to a CD. I started taking those CDs to high school and stuff and, you know, just passing them out. And uh, I saw my first beat, like, in high school, but it was just a beat. You know what I mean? You heard my sister in the background some, saying something. <laughs> Whoever got that CD, man, I bet it's, it's probably destroyed by now, but that's crazy, man. Then um, with that program, I finally saw like uh, how to export as Wave. Once I figured that out and started putting them on CD, that's when like everything took off. And, you know, just I, I got a better quality and I just started striving for a better quality. And um, I, I moved up to uh, FL. So... Working with FL, um, I kind of hit a brick wall, uh, and I, I purchased uh, a Roland Phantom S88. It was cool. Um, I still like the Phantom series, but it just got dated. The sounds got dated quickly when VSTs hit, this, hit the game. Mm. So uh, I was using the Phantom FL together, uh, purchased an MPC XL, and um, taught myself Pro Tools. And like... Um, was putting everything together with and sequencing in Pro Tools, just, you know, drums from FL, some keys from the Phantom, or maybe a few sounds from the MP. But I would put it all together in Pro Tools, and that's just, that's kind of how I learned that. But um, now I'm just primarily FL, because the VSTs and drums in there all set up, man. Like, it's, it's really just limitless to what you can do with sound. The dolls they have today, man, just the way you can sample and bend sound and wave, you can make some stuff that's just completely unrecognizable, you know what I mean, to anybody from what it starts, you know what I mean, from what it, you know, like your sample, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. But, man, um, yeah, that's it, FL, for life. Fruity Loops. (laughs) Yeah. For life, FL. That's crazy, man. That's what I'm on. Well, I, I wanted to I wanted to go in that direction, man, because I think there's a lot of producers out there that are on the come up and trying to do their thing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they feel like you have to have, you know, this uh highly expensive uh piece of sound equipment in order to to get started. But uh it was exactly the opposite for yeah. you. Like the yeah. M T V music generator, like you kinda threw me for Yeah, that was the very first one. Like a friend gave it to me. And I, I, I was like, all right, start putting together my sequences and that. But um, FL, man, I went right back after the Phantom and the NPC. And uh, what else did I have? I think that's pretty much it. I just, I went right back to FL. It's, it's all you need. It's not really like the stuff that you have. It's just what you do with it. And your mix. You know what I mean? Just your mix. You can make anything sound great. You know, you just have to know what to do to mix your beats the right way. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first, you know, I used to think that too. I used to think that expensive equipment was the way to go, and um, that would make my sound sound better. And it made it worse. You know what I mean? Like cause, really? Yeah, because I didn't know how to mix. So I was like, "Dang, I got this equipment, but it sounds more dull than the stuff I was doing at FL." But are there are there better sounds? Nah. In really. like, where do you get where do you, where do you find sounds? Um, there are sounds everywhere in VSTs. You know, just different samples. It's it's based on how you set your library up, really. Like, I have my f- samples in a s- certain folder, drums in a certain folder, and, you know, when I'm just digging or whatever, 
I'll hear something and then I'll I'll pull or I'll something will inspire me from that, you know. Mm-hmm. Just hearing a couple drums in a sequence or just whatever sample we come across. Like if I hear something I like, I'm just, I just instantly grab it and go in. But um, sound man, just nowadays you can get sounds off YouTube anywhere. You can get them just Google drum sounds or something. Google drum presets or just YouTube a lot of stuff and they'll have links to different things that you can go to to find different sounds. But me personally, I got a lot of my stuff from just friends, different producers that I've come across over the years. Like we would just trade drums. So my library is pretty, pretty stacked. How much do you think you um, actually alter those sounds, though? Because I think some of those sounds are like samples of other songs. Right. That's where you get those drum sounds. So how how much of a, how how big of a part does it play in your in your setup to um, like change them? A, a big major part. Like that's like um, it's just the way we create, man. Like I try my best to make something unrecognizable. Like or I'll take the smallest of a sample. You know what I mean? Like a, a little pop or click or something, and just make something out of it, you know, just to challenge myself. Um, it's important just to 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 sample, first of all. Like, I know a lot of people try to stay away from that or stay away from it, but I just think it's good to kind of bring things back and make people, take people somewhere that they probably would have never heard or never seen, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the Know Yourself sample, I see people on YouTube say, man, Drake brought me here, Drake brought me here, you know? Like, nobody would have ever heard that foreign record you know what I mean? If it wasn't for me hearing that and sampling that. So I feel right. like sampling plays a big part in just sharing music and reliving, like, you know, what it was. I, I think sampling gets a bad a bad rap anyway because, like, when you go out and you buy the expensive um, VST for, like, the uh, Stradivarius or whatever the, the string sample set it is, those are all samples. There's a microphone yeah, that somebody puts yeah. up. And they record each individual note from each violin and each viola, each cello. Each that's that's a sample. That's a, and you play it on your keyboard, thinking, oh well, no, this isn't a sample. So I'm I'm creating this myself. Well, it's actually it is a sample. That's recorded audio that they've just recorded Period. in every nuance, every Period. every type of way you can record it. And then now this is a, a sample set they sold you. Yeah. It's really the same thing. So sampling is it gets a bad rap, but I don't think it's really that bad. Nah, me either. I love it. Like it's it's made a career for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. So on top of just loving and you know, loving what I do, you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. And I, and I heard you mention something I think is a, a very important theme that a lot of people they lose. It gets lost in you know hearing somebody like yourself who's who's had some success. Mm-hmm. But what people you know they they don't hear the thing that you said that's most important. It doesn't really matter what you're using. Mm-hmm. For instance, the engineer his his most important tool is his ears. Yeah. A, a producer's most important tool is his create his creative ideas, his yeah. ability to do that, and, and it doesn't matter what you're using. Kind of speak on that a little bit more. Kind of drive that home for him. Yeah, like, um, it's it's just all about what you do with what you have. Like, for a, for a long time, I had a studio with one studio monitor, and I got my first placement off, you know what I mean, just making beats in my room off one studio monitor. I still got that monitor to this day, because I believe, like, it's magic or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> for real. Like, because... It's crazy, you know what I mean? Like, just to have one speaker and still, you know what I mean, just make that work. So, it just let me know, like, I could do anything, for real. So, um, you just got to, I don't know, man, just, what what I what I heard from uh, this producer a long time ago, uh, he said, um, just learn your, your tool. Whatever you, whatever you feel like you use best, learn that, like, become a master at it. And, um... I did that, like with FL, like I just, every day I learned something new and um, I use that to just the best of my ability and it just, it works out, man. So it don't cost a lot either. It's a couple hundred bucks, um, you know, and a lot of guys just have it. If you have producer friends, some guys just have the file or whatever. I don't, right. I don't promote that. Like I want FL to get their money, but uh, you know, just, it's everywhere. So, um, you know, like you just have to, Stick to it. Like, if if you if I would have quit, you know, like the three times I did before, really, um, I wouldn't be here today, man. I wouldn't have any placements. I sold my equipment like three, four times. <laughs> you know what I mean, I pawned it like like after shit, man. Like, I can't do it. You know what I mean? It, it gets frustrating when you're in a room by yourself, right? And you ain't get no love. You ain't get nothing. Nobody's hitting you up. Nobody's telling you that. You know, this is dope. You know what I mean? You just have to get out of that shell, and um. Just get your shit out there. I mean, so talk to me a little bit because, well, 
I know this story, mm-hmm. so I, but I know our listeners don't. What? Right. So um, I'm hoping that you'll talk a little bit about how you started. Like once you started getting out there as a producer, and you start, you sold your first beat, mm-hmm. right? Okay, and so you're bringing it to a point where you're you're getting placements. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that time in your life. Oh, um, well, my very first placement. Uh, actually, you helped me acquire MGK. Um, really, around that same time um, that we were working, we were building the stuff. We met Boy One to Two, but um, it's crazy. Like my first placement, MGK came out. And then the very next week, my second placement came out, uh, DJ Drama, So Many Girls. So um, just that transition, it was it was crazy. Like, I learned a lot. Like, what I thought the game was from my first placement to now, is, is it was just completely different. Like, I thought I was rich when I first, when you told me, hey, yo, MGK is using this beat, and it's going to come out on a major scale. You're retired already? Pretty much. I was like, <laughs> yo, damn, we, I'm going to get some bread. And, uh, you know, it's just different, man. It's not what you think it is. This game is is, is slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just imagine making something that you sell, you know what I mean? And uh, you don't get paid for, like, a year. You know what I mean? A year later, I'm sorry. So uh, it's, it's it's hard, man. It's very hard, but... Um, Matter of fact, so let me, let me say that, that MGK, um, that record, when... How long was it before you, when you made that beat mm-hmm. to about the time that the record came out? Uh, damn. It was probably like four, four to six months or so. Really? Yeah, because I was planning at battles. I would battle with the record, with the beat, and it, it would go off. But when, when you sent it to uh, your people and they picked it, I instantly stopped battling with it. But, um, you know, just, you know, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know the how long that was. I think about four to six months. So it was six months to before they picked it, and then it was another year from that oh, yeah, until you yeah. got it paid. Was a long time. After so that. you're looking at almost a, you're looking at a year and a half, basically. Pretty much because, um, you know, like it's so many legal things that go into it that I did not know about when I got my first placement. I was like, all right, cool. Um, I saw that we had in our Dropbox a promise to pay that little contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. That didn't even mean nothing. That didn't even mean shit. But uh. After uh, we learned away. that though, yeah, true, yeah. true. I mean, but it still came, you know, it came through, but right, just after all the crazy, craziness. Is that shit still on, in the Dropbox? Yeah, it's still in there <laughs> 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 with them beats too. <laughs> but um, dude, yes, yeah, it's it's, it's diff- different. Let's say that it's not something a normal person would accept. You really have to love what you do to accept those kind of terms, but. Yeah. Go into that a little bit. What do you mean? Like, uh, just, I mean, you know, like a regular a regular job, you, you go to work, you get paid a week later or two weeks later, you know. Uh, with the industry, dog, even money that's owed to you sometimes, you got to fight for it. You got to fight for it. Call people, different people, to call different people to get, you know, some money that's contractually owed to you. Or, you know what I mean, that, you, that you're supposed to get paid. Like, I'm, I'm still waiting on bread from, I bet. No, eight, six to eight months ago. Shout out to niggas who don't get POs. I don't think we've ever <laughs> talked about this on our show, have we? Mm-mm. PO, you have got to get your work order, basically. That's what you need to know. You, when you talk to a label, if you're calling a label and you don't have a PO number, they're mm-hmm. not going to talk to you. They're going to tell you, hey, uh, who was the A&R you dealt with? And the A&R it does, didn't give you a number that your work, their, their work number base, the work order number. The label is not going to pay you your money. And that's no matter if you're a producer, a manager, a, a engineer, whoever you are, you need to get a number from the A&R that you're working for to make sure that when you call that label to get paid, mm-hmm. they have some reference for what the hell you're talking about. Period. And I, I stress this a lot. Don't, like, you can't do everything by yourself. Like, look for management. Look for a lawyer ASAP. You ain't going to be able to do anything without no lawyer, entertainment lawyer, as a producer. Right. So I heard this from Drummer Boy before I came up, and it's true. Like, you have to have your team right, your team straight, management, lawyer. Without them two pieces, it's like you're playing chess without a 
without a, a king and queen, pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, man, just that management. I have them call because right. a lot of times they won't even talk to the producer. They'll, right. They'll try to talk down to them because they don't. A lot of producers don't even know how to communicate like that. You know what I mean? But managers, right? It's, it's called special. unsolicited. Yeah. So talk a little about your process of picking those people. How did you specifically go about picking those people? How did you know who to trust and how to trust and who to, to select? Honestly, they came to me. You know, like just in conversation, just meeting different people. Um, they came to me, and we just we got a, a mutual understanding. You know, I, I felt like they really you know, mess with me and mess with my music and would would push for me. So that's what you have to have and 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 uh for the foundation of, of you know that working relationship as well. They have to believe in your music like you do. And um, you know, that's just what I found in them. Like, you know, when you get certain things in this industry, say for instance paperwork, you know, these people are trying to, you know, just fuck you over. Right. For real, straight <laughs> up. And it it's Stated in such a way that you just cannot understand. You don't know. You need your armor. You got to have your armor. You got to have your, your your weapons. So knowing what you know now, if you had a choice between a hungry up-and-coming manager that didn't have a whole lot of connects but just was very, very diehard about your product mm-hmm. and was willing to put in the extra hours or a really well-established manager who had a lot of artists that he was already working with but had a lot of con- contacts, which one would you pick? That's a tough one, man, because the one with the artists and contacts, he can get you in some rooms because, you know, relationships are everything. Um, it's good to have a guy, as long as he's still fighting for me, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would go with him. But um, it's always good to have somebody that believes in you, man. That's that's number one to me. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be anywhere without my relationships. The music alone, it's good, it's great, but... You know, like when you send something to somebody, are they actually opening it and listening to it and putting it in the right place it needs to be to shine? You know what I mean? Like you have to have that relationship to where they're like, oh, that's my homie right there. I mean, let me go ahead and get this. And, you know, they actually do it out of the best interest for you. Right. If they even open it. If you don't have a relationship, they may not even open it. Period. That's what I'm saying. You got to have them people that you know going to open that email, play them beats. Mm -hmm. Because you can send your stuff out there and it could just be. In you know, La-La in somebody's Land. Dropbox or in somebody's, you know, inbox, just sitting. But and you know, and what? it happens to me even today. You know, people, you know, still sleep on my stuff. Still, right. But you just got to keep pushing. And, and you know, because I didn't. Uh, well, Brian, when you asked that question, because I was thinking about how how I met Six and how we started working together, and it wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't really it I mean, it was my homeboy, man. Like we kind of came up together in the same circle around some of the same people. Yeah. And I was like really just a, a fan of his talent. Like, yo, this nigga shit is dope. And so when uh I, I remember he, he called me one day, him and Ducko was like, yo, we trying to come to Atlanta, man. What's up? Can we get the couch? Yeah, nigga, come on. Right. Let go. And so yeah, man, it's we true. just it just kind of came together, and and I I did have uh, I did have some relationships and a few people that I knew that I could get the records to. Um, oh, matter of fact, one thing that I say that like he made it easy on me to get placements, right? He made it easy. One, <laughs> it was tough to get to get in those doors, but number two, when I did start getting in those doors and playing those records. Oh, he gave me high quality. Yeah. High great. quality. Like, it definitely changed the tone of the conversation. So, when we say high quality, are we talking about the production ability or the the overall sonic ability? No, it's got to be the... Back then, I was probably mixing, like, crap. But it was the production. It was just the okay. sequences and just different things. I don't know. I was just creating it. To me, it was cool. But Kev was like, yo, man, let's get it. I mean, yeah, I thought this shit was dope. But I know, like... Because, I mean, you sit down with an A&R or, or maybe... Because uh, I even had some people bring an artist into the studio to actually pick tracks themselves for the upcoming project. And um, some of them would... Oh, okay, yeah, man, sure, whatever. You know, all right, yeah, man, it's cool. Yeah, go ahead and, you know, play what you get. But you can see there's not really any any interest. Right. Like, I'm here, but I'm not really paying attention kind of vibe. Right. But I start playing some of this shit. Oh, yo, what was that? Right. Yo, what, what was that? Run that back? 
All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, what's your name? Who's this kid? All right, right, yeah, and then it starts changing the entire conversation. So. Right, it's great. Oh, yeah. What about that that uh, Jagged Edge record, bro? You remember that? What the first? It was a Jagged Edge record that you. They were actually recorded. It was one of my beats that you, you know, you put, yeah. put that together. That was crazy. Yeah, I think that was the very, very first thing. You know what? That You're right. Ever happened. Yeah, that's crazy. Now you think about it. now, yeah, because <laughs> I had. Um, they were at the stu- they were at the studio. They used to come through there all the time, and I got a good uh, relationship with uh, their engineer. Yeah. And um, I mean, you see them all the time anyway. So yeah, when the opportunity rose, I'm like, yo, Bro, here, sure. here, here go. And matter of fact, that was one of the things I wanted to say too. You ain't never send me ten beats or twenty beats. You sent me like in that Dropbox man hundreds. Damn. Hundreds of tracks, because really, like, and and I think this is important for for any producer that's coming up, man. When you're trying to get placements and you're trying to get on on a major label artist, and you get you whether you sit down with the A and R or you sit down with the artist or someone is doing it for you, make have enough tracks to be able to make good use of the time that you are in front of these people, right? It's not going to be a coming back later and oh yeah I got some more stuff next week man no I don't have no more time no, next week. No, well, really this is this is what I believe. Quality over quantity. And see I was going to actually say I think if from all the, okay so we may disagree on this that's fine. We'll de- we'll debate it, but I believe that if you give me 3 of the very best songs you got that makes me feel like you're taking like you're not taking advantage of my time. You know, because, I mean, I listen to songs all day long. So if you come in with 100 songs, I'm like, dang. Yeah. Like, we got to sift through all this stuff. Like, and, and, you know, the human brain, I think, just doesn't like having too many choices. <laughs> yeah, and it's because of our relationship, really, that, you know what I mean? I knew that you would listen. All, I knew that you would, you know, enjoy that. So uh, I think having, having that many is great. Yeah. But I think you need to have, like, three just like, man, these are the three for you because I know what you need. This is what nope. you need, and it's these three. Well, it's I, I, it's some of both. It's okay. some of both. It's definitely play me your best shit first. Right. Like, Absolutely. Don't, <laughs> like, don't waste my time Absolutely. in the first 30 seconds. I don't think anybody will argue with that. Yeah, if you lose me with the first three beats, right. you've lost me, period. Forever. Not just not Like, just for real, week. for I real. I the first 15 seconds of the beat, really. Absolutely. The first 10, it, Young Buck said the first three, I think, one time. Three seconds? <laughs> he said something like that, but I, I think the first 15 seconds is what captures people. Yeah, like if 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 whoever you're playing it for, if they're not feeling it, they're not feeling it. And like, and they know it. Yeah. Early. The only way you can get away with more than that is if it's like a, a real dope sample and you're letting it just play. Yeah. Then people, yeah. they're going to wait till the song drops. But once it drops, you got 15 seconds. Uh, once it drops, you got two seconds because they want a better drop right. Right. <laughs> But no, I was saying, uh, well, my argument for quality is in regards to, um, well, especially once you've played your first three and you got their attention and, oh, well, what else you got? You need to be able to keep playing oh, yeah, hot definitely. shit. Right. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't have time to, once you start throwing some duds in, then it's like, oh, okay, now I feel like this guy is limited. Right. Or, yeah, this this meeting is winding down. Right. But at least while I got your attention and I keep delivering fire, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. We could talk. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just like to be so prepared for a meeting that I already know what they're looking for. I've done my homework to the point where I know who the artists they are working with are. And like, let's, I'm just, I'm using an example as working with a, talking, you know, having a meeting with A&R. I already know what artists they represent. Mm-hmm. I already know which projects are up on the, on the table. Mm-hmm. I already know what type of stuff they're looking for because I've asked questions. You know what I'm saying? I've asked around. So therefore, when I come in, I'm going to pick the three beats that I know they need right now. And that way, when I'm talking to them, I'm talking to them almost like how a car salesman comes up to somebody who looks like they need a car real bad, you know? Yeah. And they already know how much money they, based on how they're dressed, they know how much money they, they can spend. So they pick the perfect car to fit them. No, I feel that. And I feel like, you know, you cater it to that but that way people don't have they don't they don't have to make any decisions i say it's uh this is how i do it like do a ratio of what you think they'll like and some shit that's just totally left field that you don't even expect them to be on because it nine times out of ten they're gonna pick the one that you don't you know i mean like i'm my worst critic so i hate a lot of my stuff but just imagine (laughs) you said you hate a lot of yourself Um, yeah i I really don't (laughs) like a lot of my beats but just think about this like you wouldn't expect Drake to pick a beat like Six God until after he picked it, and now people just really just go crazy for it. But mm-hmm. I didn't think, yo, uh, a draft day. You did draft day, yeah, draft day too. Um, but that 
that one, um, I didn't know. I didn't expect him to pick that either. That was different as well. But yeah, um, know yourself. I was like, yeah, this is some Drake type shit. I was saying that, and that's that falls in the other ratio part of it. But um, six god. That beat, no, that's that doesn't sound anything like a Drake beat. And I would have never really sent that to him. I actually sent it for uh, Yo Gotti <laughs> to uh, Wanda. And I thought that's who was going to get on the record. But uh, he hit me back quickly like, yo, Drake loves this beat. And it just threw me for a complete whirlwind. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. But yeah, like, think left field on 30% of it. The other 70%, you know, try to keep it. Like, say, if you're sending Nikki some beats, like you said, you know, put some Nikki type stuff in there, but that other thirty just knocked their head off with that shit. That makes a lot of sense too, because you know you sometimes think you know what people want, and, yeah, and don't know, and they don't. Sometimes they don't even know, you know, right? Like, you know, just you send some left field shit, it might take them a whole new direction, and it connects with them in the first place, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I send everything. I just send anything. I mean, I'm gonna say from a from an artist perspective, man, one record really could like change the entire direction of the album. Like especially in there, if you catch them at a, a timing wise, at when they're at a place where they're still, you know, trying to figure out what that voice is or what direction this album is going, and then they connect with one record, and that record ends up being the cornerstone to what they build the rest of the the whole album around. And you know, it's funny. Then the 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 fans are like, "Oh man, I can see the growth," and the growth is really because of that one track. You know, it changed yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. The landscape yeah. changed. Period. Hey, matter of fact, let me ask you this, man. Because before before you even started getting uh, placement after placement after placement and, and and like learning that game, like you started you started like selling your beats online and, and like Sound yeah. SoundCloud, SoundClick, <laughs> that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I did, man. It's it's a crazy story behind that. I, that's actually how I met Bryson Tiller. Um, and he's crazy now, of course. Like he's he's out there everywhere, and um actually met him off having a SoundCloud page, or no, my bad, SoundClick, where, you know, all the producers and stuff upload their beats and sell them there. And um, he bought one of them, and um, it was like five years ago. It's crazy. And that song is actually, I think it's still in the net. I won't say it, because he probably hates that song now, <laughs> but um, it's most definitely out there. Um, but yeah, like, um, I would I would sell beats a lot on the internet, and um, just... Locally to local artists and stuff, I would, um, they would always come around, hit me up, you know, because the beats were dope. You know, they would just, my phone. Even, even though you hated them. Yeah, I didn't even, <laughs> I, 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 it was something I didn't like that sold. Like, I, it would blow my mind. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> like, I, I'll start a beat, like, if I'm sitting in the studio, like, some artists hate me for this. But earlier in the session, like, I'll go through beats and I'll just play, like, the first two, three seconds just to see what they what they like. Oh, yo, 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 stop that. Oh, them, that like, tease and shit. Oh, I hate when they do that, man. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, like, um, that's it, man. Pretty much it. Just, you know, I put a lot of stuff out there. Word. What's crazy? I, I remember this one thing. My bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. You uh, good. Somebody made me a, a Wikipedia page. I, told, I think I told you this. They had all my stuff on there, like, from the local records that... I sold to oh, wow. local artists all the way up to like Drake Draft Day. It was crazy. You might need to watch your back if they got you I down like that. that. But you know what's crazy? They had all that, but they had my name wrong. <laughs> they had my first <laughs> and last name completely wrong <clears throat> and parts of my bio. And that's why my page is deleted because I tried to fix it and I didn't know how to do Wikipedia things, but I was just trying to fix the things myself. Like, no, that ain't right. That's not right. Let me change it. I didn't reference the changes. So they was like, all right, this page is getting deleted. Right, because you can't prove what you just changed. Right now, you are not tuned in. Ben Griffin, I'm still going there. Who is he, motherfucker? I'm him. Back for good, so let them niggas know it's mine. Already got someone, that's what you tell them every time. That shit ain't up for grabs. Where you at on the map? I come to where you at. Fuck around and end up your last. I won't hold back.
It's about time I do it. It's about time I say this shit. Spend a lot of time on a waiting list. Roll up the dozer and blaze that shit. Who gon' give you love in the same as this? A game, girl, I bring that shit. I know you want the same last name as him. Him being Tiller, he a solid young nigga. He been real ever since. I know you been tense. I know we ain't had a conversation in a minute. But you know what they say if it ain't broken, don't fix it. It's clearly not broken, it's just so unfinished. I feel like my new bitch was just your apprentice. And we just got into it, here comes the ending. Said this shit would happen, girl, that was your prediction Said I'll never find no one like you and I should listen Who you fucking with now, is that any of my business? Whoever it is may not be finished But I'm coming back for good, so let them niggas know it's mine Already got someone, that's what you tell them every time where you at on the map? I come to where you at. Fuck around and end up your last. I won't hold back. Oh, you still feel the same way. Don't say the same shit to me. It never changed. Oh, yeah. I said it once, straight so fine. Can we do it like old times? Oh, nah, so fly. Oh, why didn't you? Tell me, get my shit together and think it through. A nigga just been sitting here not knowing what to do. Hey, thinking shit like who's out there fucking you and who's keeping you comfortable now. Nah. She gon' give me a second chance, oh nah. Did I make you fall in love again, oh nah. Fuck the mother nigga. I'm so different. That was Let Em Know by Bryson Tiller and produced by Six Sense here on the 9010 Rule. Yo, so let me ask you this then. With, because you said you, it, it, once you started getting placements, mm-hmm. it was totally different than what you expected it to be. Can you talk a little bit about how that game, because a a lot of producers are selling their beats online and going to SoundClick, and they want to advance to getting placements. Mm -hmm. And so talk about, I guess, that transition, maybe some of the similarities, some of the differences. Um, Man, like, um, it's the relationships. Like, when I entered into the beat battles and stuff, I did it with the intent to connect with the with the judges, connect with the artists, connect with everybody in the room, pretty much that could further help me uh build my career. Um you just have to put your stuff out there. Get out there, get heard, you know what I mean? Like you just never know who's gonna hear you or who's gonna hear your potential. Like our when Boy Wonder heard our earlier stuff, that stuff is trash now. It's <laughs> terrible. I hate listening to it, but he heard something. That, you know, that sparked his interest. And we're all the way here. I got a platinum plaque in my freaking studio now. Just off of me taking the initiative to go up there, present my stuff in front of all these people. And you know what's crazy? I lost like three battles before that battle. That I actually met him, but I can't win. When, when Wanda was there? Yeah, he, he was actually at a finale one. So, uh, but... I lost battles, but I was like, no, nah, next time I'm going to get them. I just kept on going, kept coming back. And um, it's just, it just played a big part, just the hunger to just want to get better and just, you know, just keep sharing my stuff, man. It's just, it helped me out a lot. But um, all right, to get back to what you were saying about the placements, um, 
the relationships, man. Wanda, he helped me a lot, dude. You helped me. Um, it's a few other people that can just put records in the right place and will do it for real. That that really got my back, and they just they they hold me down. So um, I got you know my my network of people. I just send beats to constantly, constantly, constantly. I don't think every beat's gonna place. Like a lot of producers make the mistake of they'll send you five beats and they'll just continuously hit you, and they'll they'll fuck up the relationship because now you're annoyed. You're like, damn, man, they keep hitting me. Like oh five yeah, beats. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bro, when something happens, you know, trust that I'll hit you. Or, you know, that's how you have to be. Nah, they be trying to close because, like it's a deadline. Yeah, like, dog. I ain't I ain't never hit one to like, yo, 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 what's going on with that beat I sent you, man? You know what I mean? Like, when he hits me, I know it's about, you know, it's, it's something that's going down. But I'll keep sending, you know? And even if you don't say, yo, these are dope, I'll just keep still keep sending. Don't take it personal. Period. Don't take it yeah. personal. It's, it's This is the music business. This is, this is an industry. Like... You just got to keep going, man, until you get that one. And even beyond that, but, dude. Um, just... I, I do think that that a lot of people mess up relationships. And not just producers, but a, a lot of people that are involved in music. They mess up relationships partly due to their lack of patience. Yeah. And putting, like, a lot of urgency on, yeah, you're going to buy this, you're going to buy this, you're going to buy this track. As opposed to, um, you know, building that relationship or, or uh, like allowing time for mm-hmm. the two of you to have history. But yeah. you know what, though? You got to call it like it is. I think that's not necessarily those guys' fault either mm-hmm. because they're so used to hearing the horror stories of people getting robbed for stuff. Yep. And then they're being told, well, you got to be persistent. So I think a lot of times they just don't know better. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're out there, you know. They don't want to send continuously send beats because they think, oh, this is going to steal my stuff. That's, so they send one or two, and they yeah. keep pestering them because they're thinking, oh, I got to be persistent. They don't, just yeah. don't know any better. That's why I always say, that's what I keep saying, uh, the relationships. I only send to people that I fuck with. And, you know, I can send them 100 beats, and they're not be like, yo, stop sending me beats. I'm tired of your stuff. <laughs> like, I just know that through these people, great things can happen. And, you know, they got my back. I got their back, and we're working. The relationships very, 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 very important in this game. Like, there's people on Twitter ask me for beats all the time. You know, like that will, that are ready to just steal some shit. You know, and you can't be, <laughs> you can't think that it won't happen. You know, it's out there. So yeah. you're saying you still send those beats to them? No, nah, oh. I, I told you, I'm, I, don't, I only fuck with the people I fuck with. People right. ask me for stuff all the time, and you know they act like A and R's, this and that. You know, they say they can make this and that happen, <laughs> but. um Man, I just, I deal with the people that I've looked in their eyes, you know what I mean? And sometimes you don't have that luxury to look right. in those people's eyes and meet them people face to face. Like one of my homies, he's one of my closest friends. He lives in Switzerland. His name is OZ. And, you know, we we uh, we make a lot of beats together. We made a beat for Travis Scott on the, ro- uh, not Rodeo, but Days Before Rodeo called Backyard. And um, the way we connected was through Twitter. You know, I never met him, but... His energy, you know, like everything was cool and his work, you know, it spoke for itself. So we just continued to build just off that relation, just off of the energy, you know, and mm-hmm. good music. But um, it's, I don't know, you, you'll you know when you can trust that person and that's somebody that you want to have in your network, you know, to to help you build your career. Is that something that's more popular right now? Like I've I've been hearing more about different producers collabing with other producers. Yeah, I mean, especially it's, it's you know 2015, like international. 2015, 2016, man, people are sending beats at the, you know, snap of a finger, man. Like the internet is so powerful. Like when I first started, you know, when I told you a story about you know the MTV Music Generator, I wasn't even thinking about emailing beats or anything. That stuff wasn't even. Wasn't nobody was thinking about that. Like I think Lil Flip came out with a song talking about he was emailing songs or emailing beats, and it was crazy. Like it was it was kind of popular to hear him say that or whatever. But um, <laughs> dude, um, yeah, back it, it's it's a big change now from back then because uh, you could send sounds, uh, BSTs, everything. Just the way that these files are compressed and stuff, everything sends over. It makes it so much easier. Um. You know, for people to collab, especially when you use the same doll. Mm-hmm. But um, with the internet and how everything is set up now, like 
you know, just raw wave is cool too. You know, people just use we transfer. And yeah. You know, it works out like that. But, you know, it falls back to that thing with the relationship, man. Like, get your buddies, get your people that you fuck with they sound, you know? Mm-hmm. And y'all, y'all collectively put your heads together, make some dope shit. You know, you just got to get people that you feel like are your brothers, man. Like, OZ, I feel like he's my brother from my distant brother, you know? Like, um, I could trust him with my kids, I feel like. You know what I mean? So, I'm not saying everybody's like that, but... True. That's the relationship that we have. You know Especially I mean? people you meet on the internet, you know? Yeah, you can't trust. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. So, talk a little bit about... Um, I don't know where do you see where do you see stuff going like in the in the next few years as far as with especially the way like technology is evolving and and how um, the producer game is changing because there's I mean people say it's 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 saturated because everybody's making beats now like yeah. do you, do you feel that impact I do um, it's is everybody do have uh, a lot of people have FL and just access to different dolls to make beats, but it falls back to the thing, like, you just got to know what you're doing with what you have. Like, some people are making some shitty beats on FL, but some people are winning Grammys on FL. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you got to work with what you have, work with your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what uh, the future, I don't know, man. I'm thinking of that, too. I'm like, yo, what could it be? Because I feel like it's here now, like, I just I can send 10, 15 beats to OZ or anybody and um he could put some drums and stuff on or whatever. And, you know, um send them right back. I could put more drum, whatever, add more VSTs, whatever. And, you know, it's, it, it works out really well. Really well. Especially with FL. FL is the, probably one of the easiest programs to send stuff to. All right, so this is gonna be a tough one. This is gonna be a philosophical question. All right. All right. So what do you feel like you've had to sacrifice or give up to get where you are today? Whew, so much, man. I've I've lost relationships with women, um, just different things, man. Um, a lot of time, a lot of time, you know, just spent just working on my craft alone, uh, a lot of friendships. Just you be with yourself a lot, you know what I mean, when you're working in this. Because you got to, like, uh, one thing I keep in mind, or kept in mind, uh, Kanye said, uh, lock yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers. It is a different world. It's it's really crazy because in there, alone with that music and just building yourself, you know, this is before all the placements, before everything, before you sell your first beat, like, it'll make or break you or in this, in music, period. Like, it'll, that's where you learn this is what I want to do or this is not for me. Cause I've give I've I've passed that fell off to a few homies that thought, damn, he doing this. Let me try. Let me do that. <laughs> Niggas ain't doing nothing. <laughs> it was like, how are you doing this, bro? I'm just doing. I'm I'm on it, man. I'm just I'm working this the same thing I just gave you. You got the same thing, and I gave you a few drums. You know what I mean? But they don't put the time in. They don't put the pay. They don't have the patience. Those take a lot of patience. But um, yeah, man, like. I'm 30. I'm I'm pretty old. And I got kids, you know what I mean? Like just I feel like um doing this music so much like it's it's taking me away from building the relationships that I had, you know what I mean, with the with the mother and my kids, you know what I mean? Like we ain't together. And I feel like uh I don't want to blame it on music, but I mean I don't know. It is what it is. I was in the studio, but she thought I was out doing something else. Right. You know what I mean? So I sacrificed that to to get here. Hey, you know, that's a huge one, though. It is because, dog, I mean, I got my daughters. They live with me. Um, But, um, like, they can't grow up in a house with their mom and their dad. You know what I mean? They can't have a family. I could have, you know, my girl that I have, but I had to sacrifice that. You know what I mean? I can't grow up in the house with the mother of my kids. Or not me. They can't grow up in the house with their, you know, right. biological parents because. But it's almost like a catch twenty two because without is. the music, yeah, wouldn't they, they wouldn't have the lifestyle they, that you afford them to have. True. And True. you know, so it's it's almost like you have to just draw the line and figure out what side you're going to be on and just. I mean, 
it, I can't say it's it's really the music's fault. Like if she trusted me more, I think we'd be cool. But I just felt like, well, I I, I witnessed it. You know, what I mean, I'm in the studio, I'm working and stuff, and she wasn't there with me. She just right. was at home in her mind. And um, she's like, he can't be at the studio this long. He can't be up there doing all this. And they don't understand. Don't understand. So what you're really saying is it goes back to that idea you're saying about building relationships. Yeah, for real. For real. For real, you're right. (laughs) And you know what's funny, though? Like, I remember remember when I was running the studio, man, and, uh, like, my girl used to call me, and she'd be upset or be trying to argue or, you know, think I'm with some chick or something like that, right? Because um, it's because I'm in the entertainment industry, and you know what everyone says about the entertainment industry, right? And so she'd call my phone, and you know I had to step outside and take the call, and I would go outside, and there would literally be four or five other dudes outside on the phone arguing with their girl, <laughs> like at the same Damn. time, yeah. like for real. We we were all like put our phones to our chest and be like, yeah, man, you know X Y. Damn, like. It, it was it was ridiculous. Like everybody was going through the same thing at the same time. I don't I'm think just... people actually realized, even though it's a three and a half minute song, how much time goes into three and a half minutes. You hear three and a half minutes, but that's maybe three days worth of work. Man, it could quite easily be three days worth of work. Very yeah. easy, and and I think that well because people don't know, especially like women in relationships, when they when they like you, you have to spend time with them. You do. They they want they want that quality time. If you're not spending that time with them, then you know they their minds go everywhere else. But um, so in in a in a lot of ways, I can say that that I guess not spending that time in a relationship would be would be my fault or would be your fault for for not putting that time into your relationship. But also the music business is. She is a jealous woman herself. And if you don't yeah. give her the attention and time, then your career will not go anywhere. You're right. You're right. Like, period. Yeah, she's fickle. Period. And and it's funny because I see, uh, like, even going to some of the conferences that we've been to to uh, record um, different podcasts and we're meeting people and things of that nature and we out and about. And every now and again, I'll see one guy that, He's he's working in the music industry, but he's on a date. <laughs> you know that dude. Like you've seen it. He's on a date with his girl. Right. His girl is is here and and she he's working, but she's trying to be entertained. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ever you ever seen this? I've seen it. I've I've witnessed that. <laughs> that time thing, man. Gotta give up that time. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes I feel like, uh, especially earlier, like I don't know, it just depends on how much a girl or you know, I mean, your people believe in you. But if you don't have nothing going on or anything, like it's harder because they're like, "What are you doing?" (laughs) Right. That that conversation is always very difficult when Mm -hmm. it's been two years and yeah, you have for a lot of creatives. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What are you doing? Right. Like. Goodness. And why don't you get a regular job? Yeah. It's time to grow up. That's yeah. the that's the one. Be an adult. Grow oh, yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it happens. So talk to us a little bit about the placements. We had, we've we've ran all around the placements. Talk a yeah. little bit about the placements that you've had so far. Uh work with uh uh Tanache on her last album, a record called Cold Sweat. Uh Kelly Rowland on her last album. Um Drake on his last album, if you're reading this. Two records, Know Yourself and Six God. Um, so many records, man. Freaking Meek Mill on his last album called Been That. Um, a new artist, uh, one of my close friends, Bryson Tiller. Um, three records on his album. And we got we got a couple more records tucked off, but um what else, man? Work with DJ Drama, Young Thug, uh, on a record called Right Back. Um Actually, me and Drama got two singles. One of my first placements we were talking about. So many girls. Um, man, I, sometimes I can't even think of them all. But it, well, I mean, you've, you said a lot of great stuff already. Yeah, so yeah, that was the records that I've. So it, been. so in the the pool that you're now swimming in, because there's a much bigger swim pool now. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how a young producer can protect themselves. Um, 
you know, I mean, of course you have to get your music out there, but what is a good way to protect yourselves legally? Like, mm-hmm. I've heard people say that they go and copyright every single beat they ever do. Uh, and I don't, yeah, talk a little bit about, about the ways that you protect yourself. Um, I told y'all before, man, I just send Relationships. The I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't send the people I don't know like that, man. Or, or if somebody's sending me something, like, I have to check up on them. Like, you know, I have enough people I know where I feel like, yo, do you know who this is? Okay, that's so-and-so. They work where? Okay, dope. I'll send them some stuff. But um, a young guy coming into the game trying to get his beats out there, um, I would say get a get get like a a pack of beats that you just that you want to put out on SoundCloud or something because you got to get heard, you got to get your fan base up, you just got to get your beats in as many ears as you can, and um, you can't focus on like whether, I mean you got to keep it in mind, but you can't have that be like your main drive, like, I don't want my stuff to get stolen. It was a guy that hit me up on Facebook. You know, I actually met him at a couple different battles, but he was he was just so scared to send his stuff out. And he's asking me, like, yo, how do you get these placements? How, how are you getting all this work? I'm like, bro, I'm sending my beats to, you know, these certain people or whatever. And he's like, I know, man, but do you, do you copyright your stuff or whatever? I'm like, no, I just, I send them. I trust that they're going to go get to where they need to be. And, um, he was scared to even send me beats. I'm like, bro, you met me a few times. We battled at battles. And, you know, like, you're so scared to send your beats out. They ain't going to get heard. You're going to be scared, and y'all going to be scared together. You know what I mean? You're going to be sitting at home on them beats. You know what I mean? Time going to pass by, and you're still going to be on them same beats. And they'll be old. Period. They'll be dated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Things will change quickly because industry change every day. It's always something new. So a lot of producers I hear... Um, on Twitter or in my timeline, they're, you know, they're, they're basically, they understand the business, that, that it is a business. Mm-hmm. However, what they're doing is they're saying, well, I need to get all this, whatever amount of money up front for this beat. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how that works. Do like, I mean, I remember just a few years ago, they were doing front ends on beats. So the producer would get a front end amount of money, it'd be half basically of the advance. Yeah. And then they get the other half of the advance if the song gets picked up on the album. But the things I'm seeing recently, they're not even doing front ends anymore. They don't. No, I, I've never got a front end unless it was like hand to hand, like something, um, a local artist, you know, just back in the day or whatever. Um, it takes time, man. Like there has to be. Your lawyer has to go through things with over your contract. They have to draw up your contract. It's just, it takes time. Like, and sometimes the music, well, I'm sorry, most times the music could come out before they even send you the contract. And, you know, it's only a few records I have that I've had the contract before the actual record came out. So you just on that aspect, you have to you have to be patient. And when you get the paperwork and then sign and everything, then you can go ham and be like, yo, yo, I need my money. I need my money. Because, you know, like, it's on contract. But how easy is it for them to just railroad you if you start going there causing problems from the beginning? Very, very easy. They they do it, man. Like, they'll they'll pass you off. You you really have to know who you have to talk to because you got to know that, like, yo, I know you can get something done, man. Make something happen for me. You know, like, because it's people that you'll talk to that can't do anything for you, and they'll treat you like that, you know? And you'll feel like it's a dead end, but... Really, they could just pass the call to, you know, the next person and they can get you to where you need to be. But right. they won't do that, you know, if the uh, the communication ain't right. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, you just, you got to just um, know who you're working with, man. I mean, you from the Ville, right? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised, man. Word. So I guess talk a little bit about some of the artists that you work with. I mean, of of course you was with us, Hunter spoke, what up, you know, yeah. but uh, on on your come up, man, who who's some of the people that you were working with? Uh so uh earlier on, um I actually worked with uh Starlito, All Star. Star, what up, man? Known, but uh, that was one of my first like major just people doing anything out of Nashville that I work with. Um before him, really wasn't anybody. I mean, we had Bezel Gang. Uh, that's a group out of Nashville I work with. They're still working now. They're pretty good people. Um, they got a record with Young Buck, and um, that kind of connected me to him. But, um, yeah, man, like, uh, out of Nashville, All-Star was the guy, man. That's that's who I envisioned. I was like, yo, I want to work with him. Then I want to go from him to your Gotti. Then I want to go from Gotti to him. I just wanted to just, you know, kind of climb up the ladder or whatever. But, yeah, that was it, man. And Star, one time I was just Twitter lurking. 
put an email up on Twitter. That's one of the times I just sent. <laughs> <laughs> I sent with uh with like no idea if, if my stuff was gonna get hurt or stolen or what. I was just hoping it was gonna be right. And sometimes you have to take those those opportunities because um, it worked out. Like he got me a record with um, Don Tripp. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a record uh, on one of my beats that was just crazy, man. People loved it. And um, that just having that record with them drove me even further, further, you know, just to produce more and just keep getting better. You know, it's odd, man. I, I hear, you know, be, you know, knowing you, Kev, and, you know, people that you know from back in Nashville, I guess all of us think that Nashville is country music capital, and it, it is. It is the country music capital, but... Do do you guys have to draw inspiration from outside of Nashville, or no. do you? Do, is there something that's like this we don't know about that's happening in Nashville? I say Nashville is is full of some some extremely talented people. Like, dude, we got uh, Pistol, we got Bug, we got uh, All Star, and the list goes on. So many different artists that nobody really ever hears because they're still in Nashville and they can't get past you know. I guess the country music barrier or whatever it is that, you know, won't allow their stuff to go national or whatever. But it's it's a hip hop scene there that's just it's I've never seen it. It's like it's not like any other city I've been to or or uh, you know, any other type of music. It's 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 crazy. Kev, you know it, man. You listen. Yeah. You understand. Yeah. Matter of fact, it was dope because when uh when I started out as an artist, man, and and it was me, Droopy and Chance and and even when uh we we doubled up and, and added uh, a Boogie Dollars and, and uh, Dizzle, it was all, um, like, we would go to open mics or we go to different clubs and, and perform, and we we ain't gangsters. So our shit was a little bit more, a little bit more backpack, right? Yeah. Um, Chance was more like a, like a Pharrell. I was more like Common, and, and Droop was kind of, Pushy T, uh, you know. So, but we weren't we weren't gangster those with shows our shit. Were dope too. I remember going to uh, those shows, man. I used to just rock, man. And that's that's like the heart of Nashville. I feel like they just be at their shows. It be it could be 10, 15 people there, but they just still rock. Yeah. And um, and vibe out, and it's beautiful. You know what I mean? And every every uh, what am I trying to say? Every venue, you know, don't matter how many people there, they just they do what they love. Mm-hmm. And they vibe out, and it, it just—that's what drives me too. Like when I see that, it inspires me. Yeah, and, it, and it's dope because I didn't even like like now the hip hop scene in Nashville is like all backpack. Mm. Okay, maybe I won't say all backpackers. No, not all, but um, but I mean definitely more more than it used to be. Like I want to say that the as far as the scene, the hip hop scene in yeah. Nashville yeah. is more hip hop than than trap. Yeah, true. Um, I see a lot of it all there because a lot of the guys try to, you know, hit me up for B. So I kind of I listen to what they do, you know, just to see where they are musically. And um, I hear a lot of trap too. I mean, it kind of depends on who you're associated true. with. But um, yeah, if you're associated with like, uh, say, a producer like Ducko McFly, you're gonna hear a lot of a lot more of the backpack rappers. But um, say, for instance, Fade Eastwood, you know, he was in the streets with Bezel Gang and right. a lot of other trap artists, you know, that were just making music of, you know, just the shit they were living. Yeah. Shout out to Fate. Yeah. Shout out to Fade Eastwood. And guys, listen to some of these names that they're they're dropping, too. Like, this is stuff that's untapped, man. You might, you know what I'm saying? You might find something yeah. you really, really enjoy from Nashville. Oh, there's so many people. Bonafide, mm-hmm. man. An artist that I work with, he makes pretty dope, pretty dope shit. But, um. The property guys I work with the most out of the Ville, I would say, would be Bezel Gang. Um, can't forget about my homie Rio, though. Rio's the truth. Oh, He's yeah. He does, he does R&B. He can do country, too. That's the crazy thing. Dude, is, he inspired me a lot, man. Like, when he brought me around and pulled me up into the studios that he was in, I would see these big, crazy studios in Nashville. And um, I'm like, dude, how did, how did we get in here? It would just be off his connections and shit, but... Oh, like uh, that that really made me like it pushed me, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, shout out to Rio, man. How can people get in touch with you? 
Um, at Six Sense, S Y K S E N S E on Twitter, and it's the same on Instagram, same on Snapchat, uh, Facebook, same thing, just back uh, forward slash Six Sense. Um, that's pretty much it, man. Word. All right. Well, yo, sick man, thank you again for, for coming sure. in, y'all. This for was sure. this was outstanding, man. We're gonna play some of your music, man, and 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 keep it popping. So, for sure. Thanks again for coming to the ninety ten rule, homie. Thank you, man. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Let's keep pushing. Visit us at the 9010rule.com. That's 9010rule.com.